When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, and listen, like you you said that there were a lot of questions asked. I, I got to pretty much everything on my list here. You know, there was only, uh, I would qualify it as one and a half questions on my list that we didn't get to. Uh, one of them was about Tevin Jenkins' durability. The other one was about what they do with the uh, group of guys that, that includes Darnell Mooney, Cole Kmet, and Jalen Johnson, who are part of that uh, draft class from a few years ago that now are, are in line for extensions this offseason. We did, that's the one that was half answered because I think we got some some telling words on both uh, Darnell Mooney and Cole Kmet from the general manager and answers to other questions. So we can get into all that and obviously a lot of this is always going to revolve around the quarterback and Justin Fields and how, how uh, you know, the brain trust here feels about him and where they think he's headed. And I thought there was some some really telling stuff on that front as well. I think it was telling. So let's get on with the details because I do think that I heard a Bears franchise that was committed to Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, I mean listen, like Ryan Poles did not slam shut the door on the, the chatter that the Bears could potentially use the number one overall pick on a quarterback, but he did say, I'd have to be blown away to make a decision that that bold. And so uh, there, there's an acknowledgement here that they've, they've loved what they've seen out of Justin Fields in 2022, that they've uh, identified areas of weakness that they're really pushing him to, to, to grow on, uh, and that they want to take a swing at this in 2023 to see where they can take it. I've always thought that that's the best approach. You, you're going to get, I believe, uh, an opportunity here in 2023 to really let it play out in front of you and to leave really nothing to interpretation. If all goes well, Justin is going to be north of 40 starts by the time we get to this time next year. And at that point, I don't know that there's many starting quarterbacks in NFL history whose uh, you know future is uh, open for interpretation. At that point, you usually know at 40 plus starts what you're working with and what a guy has to has to to, to show you and where he's headed. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I also thought it was really interesting to hear Ryan Poles openly acknowledge the level of forgiveness that he's been given in 2022, that a 14 loss season just went by the wayside here without anyone banging on the doors at Hallis Hall and, and, and raging, you know, like we've seen so many times uh, in seasons that have had long losing streaks and, and seasons that have had pronounced struggle. Um, and there was, a, a, you know, some, some honesty in, in his expression of that. I thought also, I don't know how you reacted, but him sort of saying that uh, his reaction to, to Sunday afternoon and the, what happened in Indianapolis that we obviously talked to, Rich Campbell about earlier in the week uh, with the Texans gifting the Bears the number one pick for this draft was something that in the moment he didn't really care about. And even later when he was in his neighborhood and a neighbor drove by and, and a buddy said, hey, congratulations on the number one pick. He wasn't feeling it. Well, that was encouraging. I, I don't know if that's entirely true, but I can. Like, <laughs> he, he he did tell uh, he doubled down on it. He said it once, and then he repeated it again. So I have to take his word for it. As for as for what he said about Fields and 
you, you are always going to be open to that slim possibility. So he did say that unless he was blown away, um, he he didn't envision you know tr- drafting a quarterback with the first overall pick. I think what it sounded like to me was any sports writer who's covered any team and any executive before a trade deadline will always ask if you have any untouchables. And always the case may be, well, nobody's untouchable. Um, and if you hear an offer you can't refuse, you're going to trade your most valued and cherished player. And so you always have to leave that door open a crack. And I think similarly on, Tuesday, on Tuesday at house, that's what Ryan Poles was doing. Unless he's totally blown away, as he said, by the tape of Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, or Bryce Young, I think that the Bears will be fully committed to Justin Fields and, and trade that pick to acquire more assets. But I cannot really see a realistic scenario that involves them drafting a quarterback with the first pick. Hey, at least the door is open for us to go uh, do some more research on quarterbacks in pre-draft season, which always uh, does uh, the, the, the needle movement. It sounds like somebody <laughs> who just wants to trip to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll skip that during the, okay. the pre-draft process. I, he can go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He can head on down there. I think it was also interesting that Ryan Poles had a pretty lengthy opening statement before we even got to questions. And within that was sort of his um, recognition of what he believed was laid foundation wise in this past year and he, he he referenced things like discipline that the, the the penalties that this team committed in 2022 were low and that there weren't a lot of weeks where you you left the stadium going man that team is just out of sorts and doesn't know what it's doing he he, he mentioned the bond and the unselfishness in the locker room which again i put this on twitter I, i'm a believer in the strength of a locker room and what it means to a team. But I've also sat in this building for 10 years and heard a lot of last place teams talk about the bond and the unselfishness they've had in the locker room. So it only goes so far. And so I'm glad you have it, but I want more, you know, I want more talent. I want more depth. I want more playmakers in there. And then he talked about the toughness and ultimately the experience. He believes that the, a lot of young players, particularly rookies got experience within the 2022 season that ultimately if they are, are starters or depth pieces up the road, will help them at a time when the bears are, are you know, intended to compete and are expected to, to be successful. So that was notable from the general manager. And then just to going back to that that uh, topic of the patience that has been shown by the city, and in some in some ways, not just patience, but a celebration of the losing. Uh, Ryan Poles even addressed that, and, and here's some of what he said about that at the outset. I was blown away this season at the stadium, around town, at restaurants with the amount of understanding that they know with where this organization is and where it's headed. Um, I appreciate their patience. I know they've been waiting a long time to sustain success for a long period of time. Um, but I thought it was really cool to just meet a lot of people that understood where we were going and, and what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. I think two things can be true, too. I think you can be disappointed in the, the losses, right? I, that's not our, our what we're here to do. Uh, it hurts. I joked earlier, like, it feels like part of your football soul gets ripped out when you got to do it over and over and over again. Um, but the resilience that this organization showed was outstanding. David, I do think that that is notable commentary from the general manager. And I think it's candid and forthright. I think there's a little bit of revisionist history here in January about what this team was ultimately trying to accomplish. I remember vividly walking from the locker room uh, or from the press box, the locker room at Gillette Stadium in October and talking with Ryan Poles on that walk and feeling his energy and his his sense that they were kind of on the verge of, of potentially doing more than what he thought they were capable of. That was their last win of the season. And I think there was a stretch, really, if you go back to, to probably the Giants game at the start of October through the Atlanta game right before Thanksgiving, where that 
stretch of losing close games gnawed at the general manager. He said it hurt his football soul, you know? And so I think, I think there's kind of this, this idea that the whole year was, was plotted so that they could get the number one pick. And I think if you go back and, and you live those moments from the start of October through Thanksgiving, you understand that that wasn't the unwavering MO of this team. And that during those periods that the guy who's running this football team felt agitated, felt aggravated, felt frustrated and, and, and upset that his team wasn't getting done what he thinks it can get done. Remember he's play, he, he comes from an organization that has been a staple on conference championship Sunday for four years. Yeah. I think that that's a good way to put it. The revisionist history. What I heard in the comments uh, on, on Tuesday was basically his way of saying, thank you, Chicago for giving me a pass. Yeah. Because he got one, he got one in year one. He was a guy that did want to, I think, win more games than three. Uh, I think that the notion that this was an orchestrated attempt at losing the tank job, tank the North, is convenient right now. But I don't know if it's entirely accurate for what you just described, as well as the move that they made to get Chase Claypool. If this indeed were a team that was hell-bent on finishing as with the worst record in the NFL, what are you doing trading a pick that you could have envisioned or anticipated would be at the end of the first round because of the Dolphins' uh, discipline? So I don't know if this was as by design as it's being sort of framed right now in, in, in mid-January. It's convenient, and I think Ryan Poles at least recognizes that he did get a pass. He oh, took yeah. advantage of – uh, a fan base and, and a media core, no offense to either one of us, but that has been softened by the idea that, you know, this is, this is a great thing that they are drafting first overall. Oh, by the way, those 14 losses, we don't see those because all we see is April 15 weeks till the draft. Well, yeah, and free agency, uh, March 13th, save the date card, which I gave you earlier in the week That's right. so you're ready that. For, that, yeah. for, that, for that negotiating window. Look, like the, the other part of this is is understanding what the, the resources that Ryan Poles has are worth. And when you have the number one pick and you have quarterback needy teams lining up behind you on the draft board, you did buy yourself flexibility. You're either going to walk into the month of May with the player that you deem to be the best prospect in the 2023 draft class, or you're going to have resources upon resources to build a roster that, that you hope can be competitive for a long time. So it's a total win-win at this point, what they're working with at the top of the draft board. With $110 million worth of salary cap space, you've got an opportunity to go into to free agency with, with few restrictions. And you can uh, obviously try to do, in the words of Ryan Pohl, stay sound with your decision-making and not get reckless, but you don't have to, to feel uh, impeded or, or, or obstructed that you can get done what you want to get done. So it's going to be interesting. One of the first questions I asked today, David, was just with all these resources available to you, what can you accomplish in this offseason and how much can get done in one offseason? Here's what Ryan Poles had to say to that. I don't know if I can answer that specifically, but I can tell you that we have flexibility. We have, we have flexibility um, where if there's opportunities where we can, you know, turn that into a lot of players that come in to help us, we can do that. If it's, if it's staying put or, or, you know, really being selective with certain people, uh, we can do that as well. So I, I know my expectation, our expectation is that we move the needle to be more successful. We can win some of these close games and, and bring in guys that can impact this football team. For those of us who watched Ryan Poles pound a couple of uh, tables in press boxes at, at those close losses, it's clear that those close losses still bother him. But look, he knows what, what's here. And he, he used the phrase, move the needle multiple times a day. He used the phrase, taking the next step. And I think there's an understanding that, that this better 
look like a product that's moving in the right direction. Look, I, I think we can look within the division, look at what the Detroit Lions did within this season and say that's what it looks like at the end of a season. Even if you don't make the playoffs, it's really clear right now, right, that the direction that the Detroit Lions are headed in is the right one, right, and that they've built their foundation in, on solid ground and they're re- headed in that direction. So that's a good – it's strange to say here, right? Like, go look at Detroit for a good example. But here we are kind of kind of pointing that out as something that the Bears should aspire to look like when they get to the end of the 2023 season. 